So are we uh, team turkey or team ham for Thanksgiving? Like, what's the consensus? Team sides. Team sides. Okay. <laughs> team sides. Julie? I'm with you. We don't We don't even make a turkey anymore. What We're do you so make? A deer? Turkey. You stick a deer well, out and no. rotisserie a deer? No, we buy a honey baked ham. Mm, okay. And then make good. all the sides. That's I what we do. I would say, probably if we poll everybody, how was the turkey at your Thanksgiving? I would say 75% would be like, eh. Mm. Mm. It's not good. It's, it's so usually hard to make it good. not dry. And it, it takes so up hard. the whole oven. The and then people oven. get really passionate about like, oh, you're just cooking it wrong. And it's like, okay, go off my horse. I'm trying to make a bajillion sides at the same time. Give me a break. It's a very hard thing to cook because think about it. Like the you have the legs, you have the different parts of, of this turkey. They all cook at different temperature. They have different levels of fat. And so how do you make it good? The best I've had, my father-in-law, he smokes it. So it's smoked at like Shout 225. Out. So it's just like, sits there and gets good and good and he's done the same recipe for like four million years he's older than moses so you know it's it's really really good stuffing inside the turkey you're not in the turkey out not in the turkey there we go yeah food poisoning no one needs that so cook it out don't get all Mm -hmm. like the and it's called stuffing not dressing yeah that's weird either one dressing goes on a salad yeah i don't get it i just don't i don't get it i don't subscribe i don't subscribe (laughs) last food question Mm -hmm. What is, my mm-hmm. hair, what is my hair doing today? I hate short hair. <laughs> um, favorite dessert for Thanksgiving? I think it could be apple pie, pecan pie, pumpkin pie. Um, you already know my be? stance on pecan pie. And is it pecan or pecan? I say pecan because who wants to say, say pecan. pecan? That's weird. So my family's favorite thing to kids is mm. Hershey's pie, which is absolutely nothing but a pre-made pie crust, Cool Whip, and melted Hershey's bars. And they ask for it every year. <laughs> it takes 10 minutes. Yeah, the kids want that the chocolate. Good. My nine-year-old, he helps me make it. And that's what everybody eats. It's Hershey's How do you pie. mess that up? Like you, you, can't. you can't. It's impossible. That's what, I think that's can't. the point of it, right? And it's yummy and fun. Our neighbor made a dessert and gave it to shared it with us. And it was cool because it was like a, it was an eclair pie, but mm. it was a mixture of a pudding pie and like a Boston cream pie. Mm. Pudding pie. So it had like pudding in it. It had, she made her own chocolate ganache icing. And then she, it was like um, honey, honey grams layered in. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I was like, oh, I'll just take two bites. And I ate the whole thing, which was the size of my hand. I will eat all of it. I was sick this Thanksgiving. It was great. But I made bread pudding. So Mm -hmm. if you like bread pudding, Mm -hmm. if you're a connoisseur of bread pudding, you realize most bread pudding is terrible. It it's is. like overly moist and dense. Like it's like people like for those listening who've never made bread pudding, it's essentially baked French toast, right? You have bread, mm-hmm. cinnamon, milk, sugar, whatever else you want to throw in there. You bake it. Some people make it kind of like overly moist and dense. And then it's just this like gooey, almost flan type of texture, but it's not flan. So it's gross. I go mm-hmm. on the dry end and then I put like white chocolate chips in it, turbinado sugar. So it has a little crunch on top. It's really just French toast. That's what they're making. Oh, it's so good, though. Oh, well, man. I haven't made it, but I live close to New Orleans, so I've yeah. had really good bread pudding. Oh, I'm sure. Mm. It's definitely Southern. <laughs> Any Southern dessert is where mm. it's at. Yeah. So, why? Well, let's uh, let's get Except started. pecan pie. Pecan pie. Well, it's okay. We won't get started, everybody. We've got to have pecan pie. To me, you need like 50-50 ratio of like the caro syrup and pecans. If it's too much of the gooey stuff, that's disgusting. Too I'm sweet. just overall not a fan of the texture, so I'd rather just not partake. Yeah, I guess the texture. You're right. Okay. Let's have some pies. And let's get started. 
Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Welcome to episode 315. Wow, that is so many. I am the ad doctor, self-proclaimed ad doctor, Andrew Peake. And with me today is Julie Jarnigan and Beth Russell. Hi. Hello. Hi, we're here. How's, we're how's, here. uh, we just talked about food, Thanksgiving. Let's mm -hmm. jump into some stories. Julie, I say you go first because I know you got one read, ready to go. Yep. I've got one. I didn't put it in there, but um, I was talking to a builder the other day and she said, you know, I think in 2024, our goal is not to just add a bunch of new tools and add a bunch of new things, but to use what we already have better. And I thought that was such a great way um, to look at it because so many people are just always looking for like, what's new, what's next, what can we add, what can we, but especially as budgets are shifting and we may need more for ads, or we may need to spend more on content, um, mm. taking all those tools or your CRM or content or whatever you already have, or you're already producing or already working on. And are you using those to their full advantage? Like are there are other things you can do with them. Is everybody on your team, have they adopted them and are they on board? You know, if you have something like Novi home, are you, is everybody like still excited about it? Are they still using it in all the different ways they could? So I think it's just taking December to take a, a list of everything you're doing or working on and tools. And are we using this the best way we can, or um, can that be an initiative for 2024? Yeah, I love that. It's a really great time where people should be focusing on reassessing everything that they have going on, yep. testing it out, and then reactivating it in a way that is actually providing more um, influence and positive change across the entire company. Because I, I think a lot of those conversations are stemming from their people are starting to notice the broken cracks, but they have been like patching them frantically. Like there's an episode in Felicity. If shout out that old TV show, do y'all remember that? Love TV show Felicity. From, I'm going yeah. to Google Felicity it right fan. now. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so good. Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell. Amazing. There's a scene in or like a, the, over the course of like an episode in Felicity where the pipes break in the dorm room and her um doormate is the one her roommate is the one who broke the pipe and she just like patches it with a piece of gum and i think like we've haven't we've just been patching things with a piece of gum for a while instead of actually fixing the problem and going in there like you're saying and like reassessing the tools that we have making them better or determining whether or not do we even need this does it fit us anymore i agree there's some things on our on our team that like like teamwork I could use it more ways and it could be more effective for me. So yeah, I think we've all got stuff like that. Amen. One of my favorite things is I just got Starbucks delivered right to my desk. Shout out to Lindsay, my wife. Shout out wow. to Lindsay. Oh, Chocolate cream, cold brew. Nice. Beautiful. I was going to say, so I've never seen Felicity. So this is, this is my story because I don't really have a story, but this is my story. Judging by the cover, of the show, mm -hmm. I'm not the target audience. No, well, whatsoever. No, right. So they're the way they the picture. So I'm looking at this one here. There is it's a primary female lead to attractive male supporting actors, mm -hmm. and then there's is Felicity a name or an adjective? I have no idea. What's, what's That's Felicity her name. 
That's her name. It's in like pretty scripty font. She's also in the background with some suitcases looks like. So it's like independence coming of age type of show. Yes. I'm assuming. Yes. But not for me. It is. You are or part of the target audience because of the fact that you just complained about your hair being too short because the biggest controversy from the show is when you she know? cut her hair. Because I assume she cut her hair because um, this is like an ADHD show because she was having some um, challenges in her life. Maybe she was going through something tough and that she needed a change. And that was like going to be the fork in the road with her new hairstyle. Is it that predictable? It seems very predictable. <laughs> I don't know. So there we go. So what do we, to me, that's, it's marketing. I'm actually working on a, a blog post where I'm going to take, so if we market townhomes, the same as single family homes, mm-hmm. we can't, right? So I was looking at, mm-hmm. I had the story a couple weeks ago, but I'm working through it now. And so I'm having more and more thoughts like, man, like, so this thumbnail cover, it, the target audience is, I would say like 14 to mid twenties, female, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so if we take the same thought, like, okay, we're marketing a single family home detached product, 3,500 feet, it's going to target this type of person, right? The way yeah. we present it. If we have a townhome, that's going to be a different type of person. They mm-hmm. value different things. So if we take the same approach, it's not going to work the same. So the, we the take, same can be said ahead. across anything, right? Yeah. Because like we've had this conversation of like how important it is to know your demographic, to know your, your target audience that you're talking to. Like a military family. If your community is yeah. predominantly military families, throw a military family in the imagery. Yeah. Throw some flags that maybe if you're military, you definitely recognize. If you are not military, you'd be like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. And so I, what I think most people, they, it's not that they don't know or they don't care or they are ignorant of the fact. It's just they're so used to like, hey, here's how we take photos for single family homes. And then we've thrown townhomes. It's like, well, I think the photos should be a little bit different because the space, like maybe it's a longer and skinnier floor plan. So we need to have a little bit different angles. Maybe the backyard patio area is significantly smaller. Privacy is a concern. So we need to make sure we have the photos that then kind of exploit like, hey, you kind of have some privacy. But if you take the photo, like I was looking at some, I'm like, oh, wow, this looks depressing. It looked like a sad like college apartment. The way it was like, there's one door, another door, 16 feet over another door, mm-hmm. another door. And you're like, oh my gosh, am I really, this is the house I'm buying. Like, I want to be proud of what it, where I'm living and tell people, hey, I just bought this townhome. It's beautiful, et cetera. But if it gives the impression that it's like, oh, it's just like an apartment, ugh. like that's not very exciting. So I think, so taking this example, Felicity, target audience is ABC, mm-hmm. townhomes, target audience is XYZ, the approach and how you present it needs to be quite a bit different, even though we can't change the demographic targeting with say Facebook or Google, the way we can present it will target and appeal more to that, to that buyer. Yeah. And the copy that you use in it as well. Here's a question too. Uh-oh. Think about like, have you ever looked at, um, apartment complexes and how they advertise their floor plans and their spaces? They're always using like example furniture, like little digital renderings of furniture so that they can mm-hmm. showcase the size and how much you can actually fit in the apartment. I'd be curious, yeah. you know, will the data show that images with furniture or digitally rendered furniture for townhomes help those townhomes sell faster oh, because it's yeah, good point. distracting from all the doors and it's showing how much space is actually available. Yeah. Like if you feature, um, like if you highlight, Hey, this is a king size bed in this bedroom, but if you can't visually see it like on your own, but if you like were to call out in the copy somewhere, this is a king size bed, et cetera, et cetera. 
like then you're like, oh, that's actually a decent sized room. There's two big nightstands and a king size bed and there's still more room. Very cool. But if you don't like if you're not direct with it, people might be like, oh, it's a full or it's a queen. Who knows? Like the room might be small or might not be small. Good point. Good point. Yeah. And sometimes you need to reassess. We had what we thought was going to be an active adult community. Um, it wasn't age restricted, but that's how we were marketing it. People start moving in. It was all single females because they liked that it was gated. They liked that it was um, smaller. And low they, maintenance it, probably. Yeah, yeah low maintenance. Things. So all these things that we were marketing to active adults. And then we we're like, we hit the wrong market. I mean, they were finally finding it, but then we could kind of shift. So sometimes too, you have to um, pay attention to who, who's actually buying it. Absolutely. Very true. Very true. Any other stories? We kind of just like made this big giant story pile. Ironically enough, my story was extremely related to Julie's, which doesn't yes. surprise me since we talk all the time. <laughs> serendipity but, instead of felicity? Different, yeah, different a little stories. bit, a little bit. Okay. But it, mine was was stemmed from my dog who was driving me insane right now. Oh, no. He is injured. He injured his paw pad and it's cut. And so I've been nursing it for the past week, um, just trying to get it to heal. And so that means I have to continuously change the a wrapping and, you know, give him a new gauze pad, wrap it up, etc. And this, he's a blessing and I love him. What's, what's his name? We need a name. His name is Jib Jab. Jib it's Jab. very fitting okay. to Jib his Jab. personality. So Jib Jab is good. just, he's licking it okay. constantly. Mm. And I'm like, dude, if you just like, I have to put the cone of shame on him now. And oh, it's like, if you would boy. just stop licking it, it would heal faster and it would get better. Like you just need to stop messing with it. And it, goes back to what Julie was saying and conversations that, you know, have been happening and echoing a little bit across our builders is like, people know what the problems are within their organization, whether it be employees or product or, you know, lack of follow-up or whatever, like they are very clearly pointing out the issues, but people aren't doing anything about it. And it's like, stop licking the paw. Stop licking it or Beth will yell at you. I just, I do picture you like at your house, like jib jab, like trying to rationalize with him as he I understands do. every word, jib jab. If you just stop, you'll heal so much faster. I want to hear the sound. Okay. I want to hear the sound of builder call. Like stop licking your paws. Stop Make it. them wear a cone around their neck. Yeah, they I will. Shame on. <laughs> we need to yeah. like come up with some design of Carla. Are you listening? Like come up with a cone of shame design and we just like slam it like a, get, like a little slack sticker. Get to the summit. It's punishment. Sit in the corner. Yeah, we do. Um, it's it almost like cap. that's human yeah, behavior. Like we will repeat the same mistakes, same mistakes until, um, I don't know if this is Jeff Shore's quote or he got it from someone else, like the pain of change. Like you mm -hmm. only change when the pain is deep enough or hard enough. And yep. so it's like, you'll keep making the same mistake until like it escalates, escalates, and then like, mm -hmm. boom, something terrible happens. Um, mm -hmm. Which reminds me of a show I'm watching on Netflix. It's called Buried. It's about this avalanche and think Alpine Meadows, Lake Tahoe way back in the day. Anyways, it's this, it's multiple mistakes for this massive disaster. And that tends to be what always, always happens. If you look at any like airline crash, anything tragic, it's never one thing. It's always mm -hmm. multiple things. So I, I picture that like the paw thing is like, whatever the builder's doing, that's the equivalent to licking the paws. That's one thing. And next thing you know, like all the paws are being licked because they're getting cracked and broken and this sounds really gross yeah, out loud he, he like it just keeps getting one. worse and worse see <laughs> he, go. and then eventually he, it's like you get the cone on yeah just today he cut another portion of the paw somehow i think it's i don't know what it's he's the doing. weather it's a cold weather come down to florida him. 
Poor thing. Jibby jab. Jib, jib, jab. All right. Jib well, Master J. Jib <laughs> Master J. Oh, <laughs> baby Lord Jesus. Okay. Be, be with my soul. And let's go on to the news. Hey, Beth, this is from you. The perfect fitting hat. Oh, I think you are the best to talk about your article. So let's hear about look, it. Look, I just really wanted to show off this awesome hat that I found this summer because all my life, I've just wanted to be the cool girl that could wear a hat and like effortlessly look cool. And it just wouldn't happen because I have this big old Cullison head. Really, honestly, it just wasn't in the cards for me, head. I thought. Okay. And then I found it. I found the one and it's like my life changed. And so it inspired this idea of like marketers are constantly wearing several hats. Like we are expected to be, if you read the article, it's kind of like just a running list of examples expected to be masters of their craft in several different craft areas, yeah. whether it be graphic designer, copywriter, et cetera. And the reality is, is that's a ridiculous expectation because those are full-time right. positions. A content creator, a psychologist, yep. a graphic designer, an editor, all of those are full-time positions. We can't be experts in all of those areas 100% of the time. And so one, it's a reminder for marketers who are struggling with this to give themselves some grace and to remind themselves that they need to surround themselves with other people that look good in the other hats, that are confident in the other hats, that are experts when those hats are on. But then also as a Honestly, the big subliminal message here is for leaders to remind themselves that, you know, the expectations that we're placing upon our marketing departments, but also what they're capable of. And we need to recognize the impact that they have in an organization because they're doing more than just listing a home on a website or making a flyer look pretty. They are really, truly impactful people within your um, success and if you recognize that and help them grow and surround themselves with people that really flourish in the other hats, then it makes a huge difference. Yeah. I loved this article and I think it all comes back to building a great team, whether that's employees or vendors yep. or whoever it is. And I think that, um, marketing directors or somebody in that kind of role needs to think about the the skills they need to learn is to be able to communicate the best they can with all those people. So even if you're not a great graphic designer, you need to have enough understanding of it to be able to communicate with your graphic designer, even if you're not created a certain kind of content. So I think really the learning, you don't have to be the doer all the time, but you right. need to be familiar enough to just be able to have those conversations and get the strategy and the vision to the other person and let them do their thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what really sets apart great leaders in our industry. And I just had this conversation with a young marketer earlier today. I was like, there is a difference between the brain that can analyze and the brain that can strategize because you oh, can sure. analyze all day and look at the numbers and say, okay, this is why I say. But if you're not able to look at those numbers at a deeper level and strategize around those numbers and understand the story that they're telling you, then that's not high level, top level thinking. Definitely. I was that young marketer. I'm just kidding. I was not the person you spoke to, but I'll pretend um, I'm not very young anymore. That That's interesting because the analyst, if you're analyzing, you can do that on your own. I just picture someone in their office, their little bat cave with their lights off, just analyzing numbers. And then strategy, all of a sudden, I mentally picture someone with a great amount of self-esteem and confidence 
-hmm. They could communicate ideas very effectively and they're fluent in every single thing you listed here. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's like, that's a lot to develop. Like that's a very strong person in terms of career and just like who they are as a person. They could probably, they could probably do anything they they want to do. They just Mm -hmm. really enjoy marketing. So that's where they're at. But they could be probably a great salesperson if they were to be in that mode. They could be a great anything because yeah. the amount of confidence you need to like implement and direct strategy is is up there. So my little rant I would add on to here is I think those who create strategy, those who drive effective results, like send them send those people to the Bahamas. Like give them those sales yeah. those sales goals. <laughs> they hitting, they're hitting sales goals. Like how sales are salespeople are hitting sales goals because of great marketing, right? If marketing was terrible, it's probably not going to happen. That's a little side rant. I don't yeah, know if you stuck that in there, but. I also, but like, I also love what you said about, you're kind of indicating the fact that the people that are the high level strategic thinkers that can do all the things that we were just talking about and Julie was, was discussing as well, they are a rare breed. And yeah. when you find them, you need to hold on to them. And I think a lot of people are expecting their employees to be that person, but they don't, they're not realizing how rare it is and how much time it takes to develop that level. And furthermore, if you are not that person, it's okay. Like wear the hat that you feel comfortable in. If you are that analyst that likes sitting in the back crunching numbers and that's the hat that you feel confident in, stick with it. That's okay too. And be like the baddest mofo at it. Excuse me, not so great. That's really not a bad word, but to me, like the strategy, like I think these back to that that person, I can name names in my head. I, I, I guess I could call them out. Like they have so much confidence because there's a song. Um, you're in Kansas City, Beth. I hope you know Tech Nine, the rapper. He's from Kansas City. Are you kidding me? I don't. I'm, okay. I'm aging myself. My Spotify okay. just told me that I listen to the what? same song and artists over and over and over okay. and over again. Well, this one's my, good. So my number got, three was Fleetwood Mac. Okay, there you go. Well, I listen to everything which is good. So like literally anything and everything. It's very confusing. But Tech 9 has a song, Everybody But Me. The mm-hmm. very first, I'm not going to say the first part of the lyrics, but okay. you could fake it until you make it. If you take this walk right up in the room, like just go look at the song. That's the attitude I think you need to have for that person that is going to be directing strategy. You need so much confidence to do it. And that fake to make it, listen to that song before you do any meeting. And you're like, okay, I got this. So that's end of yeah. end of me. Um, let's go to the next one, searchengineland.com. This one's fun. Google search Andrew. antitrust trial updates, everything you need to know. This Are is you so following exciting. This? I'm Andrew, following this. Like as it's like, as it's happening, um, I can see you being into this. I'm I know into he has this. some hot takes. Well, I'm, what I'm into is the government not having their slimy little paws into everything because once they get their grip, because they'll keep licking them, right? They don't lick their paws. Once they get their grip, like they just want more and more and more. It's like an out of control HOA board um, that runs a community. You get, they get a little more power, like, oh, our parking policy needs to be improved. And next thing you know, they're trying to like intervene in everyone's lives, right? So mm-hmm. to me, some of the stuff is like, Google is the best product for search. Like there's nothing better. And because of that, they build this momentum. Uh, let's call it the snowball effect. If you are familiar with Dave Ramsey and, and how he's like, you pay off this credit card, you roll that into the next one. They have so much momentum from being the best for so long, they will never be beaten, right? Bing will never catch up, Yahoo will never catch up, DuckDuckGo, all these other not so great search engines will never catch up to Google. 
And I'm like, government, get your paws out of this. You're just wasting everyone's money and time. Like nothing will change. So I just, that's how I'm following it. Just to see like the, the update, honestly, but I don't think, I don't think they have a case here. I am not a lawyer. No, I mean, really their big or one of the big points is that it takes like 10 steps to switch your defaults. Yeah. Um, search engine. I, I mean, okay, make okay, it yeah. five steps. Are y'all happy? Like how and many they still steps won't change do you want it? it right? Like, yeah. How many steps do you want it to be till somebody can, I don't know. Um, so I don't, I don't see that argument really holding water. I do see, um, they're saying that like, as AI comes more and more on board and Google has the means to start buying, you know, rights to the best um models for that that it's really going to leave them behind and i think that's why a lot of the companies are really freaking out because they know there's nothing they can do once that starts happening yeah. like how are they going to catch up do they deserve also, to catch up and like how many people want to use more than one platform or like none no one or even no if you one. were prompted like pick your search engine you you buy an iphone and it's like select your default search engine Google, Bing, DuckDuckGo. You're going to pick Google. Or it'll be DuckDuckGo, Bing, Google. You're still going to pick Google. Yeah. Like they just, I don't know. They, they, they've created trust. That's the power of trust. Yeah. Trust, authority, everything. They're just, yeah, it's, I think this will be drawn out for a very long time. I think there's some things like, okay, maybe they, they force that, like have it be an option. But like, is that even uh, constitutional? even and that that's really my biggest thing is like government should not be involved in these things like whatsoever they know nothing about business you can listen to any what dc like c-span xyz and you hear like wait a sec these people are making decisions for us they don't even they can't even turn their phone on like why is my tiktok showing me this it's like well you just confess that that's what you're looking at on tiktok by the way mm -hmm. like that's why the algorithm is is doing that it's not tiktok it's you so get their little little claws out of there we do another one. Oh, this one's good. Hey, this fits. This fits. Um, from Builder Online, townhome construction record. Townhome construction records. What am I trying to say here? Records. Records. English. <laughs> I don't know English. Well, records. Same, records. Just, you, once you had that in your head. Oh my god. Yeah, it just became repetitive. So, townhome construction records best quarter for starts since two thousand and seven. And at the bottom of the article, you could go to um, ironhousing.org where this article is based from and they have a really really nice chart and it's showing the percent of market share that townhomes are compared to single family homes and it's the highest it's been since 1990 as mm. a percentage so yeah what, which do, you, what do we feel which, about that what the 90s is when the mcmansions came out right when they had like the huge insurgence of yeah. mcmansions mcmansion isn't that a web mcmansion hell or something like that and it now I need to Google that. So thank you. Sure, yeah, Google it. I'm pretty sure it is. And it's like every, you're like, oh, geez, guilty, guilty, guilty. Do you remember when I lived in Great Falls and I did Gaudy in Great Falls? Oh, that was really good, actually. Oh, that was so good. That was great. We need to bring that back. Gaudy and Augusta. So why do we think this is happening? I, I think it's obvious, but why do we think it's happening? More townhomes than ever. I think affordability is part of it. I mean, right now, I remember a, a we used to um, cater more to first-time home buyers at Idle Homes. Well, now even their smallest home in a really affordable market would still be difficult for a first-time buyer. So I think that's part of it. So I wonder if we'll see more as affordability 
is an issue. Um, and then I think too, just location. I mean, there's only so many locations mm. where people are really highly desirable and there's less land in those, yep. those locations yeah. uh, than there were. So, and I think part of it is like lifestyle has a role in it as well. We were kind of talking about it earlier with um, the demographic for the active adult communities. Yeah. Our street has a, a small row of town, like luxury townhomes on them. They are very closely priced to the houses that are for sale that have since okay. like single family homes that have since dropped in price because they haven't been able to sell in this market. But the townhomes are selling and they're only $20,000 off from one another. Really? And they're smaller for sure. Little similar in size, but smaller, but they're maintenance free because you oh. pay for the maintenance. So gotcha. they're actually like cost wise, you're paying more because you have to pay for the additional like $150 a month or whatever. Interesting. But it, it definitely supports um, who came up with the phrase or it might just be so common, like lock and leave lifestyle, just mm -hmm. lock it, leave it, you're done, which is that sounds great. You're flexible. Yeah, definitely affordability. I think about um, so there's this whole saga when we built our home with KB. It was without being dramatic, it was a bit misrepresented how big our home site was, like the whole west side of our community because of the way the construction fences were lined up and like the there's a like, very excessive easement for the drainage behind the house. So it, it kind of doesn't make any sense. Long story short, when we were fighting that, like I, I, uh, I had an attorney. It was great. I was one of those people. So I had an attorney on on retainer that I was working with, spent, spent a few thousand dollars wasting money trying to trying to get our land back in our eyes. But I found like we're at 40 foot lots. This neighborhood started out with 65 foot lots, went 65, 55, and then 40. So imagine the mm -hmm. margins that the builder KB increased going from 65 lots to 40. Imagine if we would have just on townhomes. Yeah. Like, and like higher end townhomes, like really nice ones. So this was not in the quote affordable uh, range, I guess, for like based off of uh, income levels and everything, but they would have had better margins and the product would have been really nice. They could have gone like even higher end as far as like, let's have like a two floor ceiling as far as like, let's have a loft, let's really make it look nice. And then it would still be maybe even less than what we would have paid for a single family, a detached mm -hmm. home. But I think we're going to see this continue. Um, it's really the only way to make things more affordable is through density in my opinion. Like that's, that's the biggest pivot, I guess. That's the biggest impact is dense density. So mm -hmm. we'll see if this goes to 16, 18, 20, 25, or how long it will go. Um, I think it's important for people to build equity. So that hopefully happens as a way to have more people be able to purchase versus rent. Yeah. Let's, let's see. Ooh, this next one, let's get spicy. Let's get spicy with this one. This is some some dude in the UK. Um, so this is from marketingweek.com. Effectiveness ignorance has left American marketing lagging behind the rest of the world by Mark Ritson. So this was a read. Like I, I read yeah. it twice. I'm still not sure what it might be my American ignorance. It's probably what it is. I'm not I'm not sure the point that was that was tried that was attempted to be conveyed. Julie, you're a uh, New York Times bestselling author. What do you think he was saying? I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm going to pretend mean, it's true. I also struggled with this article. It was a rant. It was a yeah. rant about 
how um, American marketers aren't keeping up with the rest of the world. But I never really, his reasons were one is because when there's conversations on LinkedIn, it's people from other countries and not Americans like who were commenting, so which we're I thought was a weird point. Versus on LinkedIn, okay. And then um, another point was about effectiveness. Something about us not understanding effectiveness or not judging effectiveness the same way as other people. But I mean, I think the effectiveness of marketing is pretty clear cut. Like, are you getting, like, are you meeting your sales goals? Are you bringing in enough people and traffic and leads for your goals? Yeah. So there was never, I kept reading it, like looking for like, what's the thing that Americans are doing that's not as great as everybody else, but I never, I never got it. So maybe y'all will. Beth, did you get it? It, it? To me, it lacked definition. It was just like a, like Julia yeah. said, it was like a rant. And it, and I get some of it. I can I can try to analyze it to the point where I'm like, okay, is it that you think that we lack humor or innovation or the cheekiness that maybe other countries are known for and aren't and like will kind of play around with in in terms of, you know, maybe they feel that they're more brave than than we are in our marketing culture, but again, nothing was said. So it's, it's left for interpretation. Um, I don't necessarily know that there's a point to agree or disagree with. I, I concur. What I definitely disagree with is the terrible usability of the website, having a third of the screen taken up with their subscription model, which is 455 pounds for one user per year or 6,455 pounds for five users per year. So that I'll quick rants on that one. That That's not effective. And you Mr. can't Mark click Kretzer. out of it, or I can't. You can. can't close it. Yeah, like what in the world's going on? Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is like, to me, like, okay, yeah, you need to define, if you have any argument, like you are not effective. Okay, well, let's define effectiveness. Okay, what what is that? I think that's really hard to define if you're comparing what is marketing in general. So it's marketing would be to persuade someone to do something buy or convert to this product, whether it's purchase or not, use Google versus Bing. So mm-hmm. one's more effective in your marketing. Um, I don't know how you measure that. Like, do you compare like a CPG? So uh, packaged goods, like this laundry detergent versus this one? Like, how would you determine one is effective? It'd be market share, right? Like, are you selling more or less? So yeah, I didn't really enjoy, I enjoyed going through this trying to hunt i'm like maybe there's something i'm missing there's something i'm missing if i get one little sentence from this cool over time those one sentences from all these articles that we read build up to us being better more effective marketers but i'm like what is what is happening down here he said the f word a couple times so that was yeah that was yeah. effective um the mother thought was like how big is this country how big is he was talking about this great irishman marketer etc i'm like okay i don't know if anyone knows this person's name and maybe i should that's almost like, I think some of the rant was like, we don't know the greats, us Americans, mm, and we're yeah, ignorant. But, mm-hmm. but does it matter? Does knowing the greats make us better? Not really. It's like, you can be a great musician and not know every great guitarist from the 60s or 50s or 70s, or like defining musical generations. You could still be an amazing musician. So I don't know. That's just, it's like, it was just, it was just a rant. It was a rant, but I would say read it. Um, you might find something interesting and you can tell us how we are um, wrong. Or that's it'll my get last you wound one. up too. Or you get wound but, up, but have an opinion. That's, that's my takeaway is like, have a, have an opinion. It's okay. Yeah. Have an opinion. Like it's all good. I will say just from the like aspect of 
like the UK versus here. I have a builder who is pulling a lot of inspiration for their next big project from the UK, um, Hmm. particularly uh, developments around the London area. And it's awesome. So it's, I think it's good to look outside of our normal sphere of influence and grab some inspiration and maybe learn about the people or projects that we may not be typically aware of and bring that into a new space. That part is great. So like, that's my happy takeaway. I like that. Good job wrapping that up all happy. There we go. That's good. Nice and positive. We got another one. I feel like we just keep going. This is the fifth one. This This is is from Taylor Morrison from their newsroom. Taylor Morrison unveils 2024 design trends and home aesthetics. Who wants to go on this one? I thought this was a pretty um, smart idea on their part to put out um, an article on this because it's like um, they're unveiling their design trends trends and home aesthetics. I mean, any builder out there, you don't have to be as big as Taylor Morrison to unveil what your most popular design trends or floor plan trends or most popular floor plans. So I thought that was actually a really smart idea and a catchy headline for them to put out. So that was my biggest thing. And I agree with some of these things. Like I love, um, and Beth loves the dark academia because she has a dark wall. I mean, define my office. And I wonder how much of this was an SEO play too, because some of these things like coastal grandma, um, the dopamine design aesthetic, that's people, things people are Googling right now. So, I mean, it is a good article, but also it was just kind of a marketing play on their uh, part that I don't hate. Yeah. I think overall, it's a great piece of content to add to your website. Like we talk about finding different ways to create some fun content. And this is a great fun content that's well thought out. There's research, there's, there's links that they connect their, um, what is it? Mine account. Yeah. I was, yeah. Mine, which is smart. Oh, mine. Is that it? You have their furniture shopping thing. I'll I'll be the negative one. You're welcome, everybody. I'll be negative. Yeah. I'll be negative. Want me to go? This is go for it. Um, so I like the, the, the intent on it. But looking at the newsroom, Taylor Morrison, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, the first picture, terrible, yeah? Of the house? Okay. It's okay. I have an opinion. It's okay. Yeah, the house. The house. It's cropped. It's not really a great angle. Um, it's taken. I think an interior it, would better match the content. It's, it's very uninspiring for something that is 2024 design. Like there's nothing grandiose and like. Wow, that is a clean car. It looks like a cell phone photo. Okay, it's a cell phone photo. So they need they, Chad Davies out there, is what you're they saying. They need Chad Davies. Hook him up. Yeah. Chad, he'll give you a free I hat if you work with him. Okay, Shout then out, we, keep, we keep going down. And so, yeah, I could sort of be the presentation of the ideas is held back by the design of the site and what it looks like. So, again, the picture is uninspiring at the top, like dopamine. I look at it and it looks like it's a kid's loft kind of area. The photo is compressed. Then we scroll down. It's a full width design and the pictures are cropped in and they're not the greatest pictures, right? And there's rounded corners. I'm, I'm just, you're like, what is Andrew on today? What's going on? <laughs> but like, you look at it, all these things add up and this feels like it's 10 years old, like already, like the design, like I cannot stand rounded corners on images. I think it feels very dated. And so you look at this, this is for 2024 and this doesn't feel like 2024 and the web design of it. Um, so I think that's a miss. And then t- 
to me. And maybe it's because we got kids and we're kind of still in the like disposable furniture era of our life. But like, did you see the table that they have for one of these? It's like five grand. Like you, you add everything oh, yeah. up in the room. It's $30,000. I'm That's like, why it feels dude. very out of touch. And the homes are nice, but the homes are not like 1.5, 2.5 million where people are spending 400K to, on furniture in their room. So I'm like, oh, like this, it's like, it's not quite there just because of those. There's a $7,000 bed. Andrew, um, to that point, I would love to see a builder do like a dupe. Ikea. No, like a, like dupes, you can, yeah. Yeah, a dupe thing when like, here's how to furnish our model home, but using dupes because like, and we if you don't know what have, dupes are, they are, you need to hire someone who does. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they, but like you, a lot of their stuff, they don't know that they can, they're furnishing it. And they're reusing that furniture from model to model to model and yeah, model. So they can, but they can invest. Yeah. Exactly. And they're also, they have like business to business partnerships yeah. that allows them to buy at a deep discount. And so like, mm -hmm. if it's not, if Pottery Barn isn't attainable to you, or if even like Wayfair isn't that attainable and you only want it when sales happen, like, dude, put that someone on there finding dupes and sales to share with yeah, people. Get, the, yeah. get the dupes. It's all, um, you know, most furniture is white labeled anyways, in terms of like, here's the manufacturer and wherever. And ever just sticks their own name on it. And maybe there's some spec changes too. Um, that's that's fairly common. But so I think A plus for the idea. Like 10 out of 10 for the idea. Design brings it way down for the grade. So I'm like, okay, this is like a C plus in terms of here we go. Effectiveness. We're using Oracle. Okay. So they mm. they're marketing to me. The effectiveness is reduced drastically because of the execution, but the idea is a 10 out of 10 idea. So there we go. It could have been more effective. I love the names though. Um, dopamine, dark academia, quiet luxury, coastal grandma. Is it embarrassing that like our home gives coastal grandma vibes? <laughs> no, I think coastal grandma is cool. Um, my house have is a name? little bit of all of them. Yeah. Your room is definitely your room, your room. I call my office, my room sometimes. And Lindsay's like, it's your office. It's not your room. Yeah. Your room, your, your office has that dark academia vibe for sure is that and is that christmas are those lights or is that yeah just, i got festive really? it's little like red little garland look i'm gonna change there my light go. christmas oh, wait, time i think i can make mine hold on hold on challenge accepted oh, oh yes nice. julie oh, oh, oh. i i have no tricks no, oh, no sorry i just got this there we go if we're let's move on to favorite things we have favorite things still here's favorite things so winter time in Florida, if you could call it winter time right now, we're 75 degrees. It's perfect outside, but we get like a day and a half, two days of cooler weather where it's like sixties and fifties in Tampa Bay, but it's like overcast and like the brightness is at like 50%, which I guess this is what most people's winter is like anyways. I don't know. It sounds depressing. And so my office, I do not like overhead lights. They mess, they mess with my brain. It's sad and depressing. I think no one should have overhead lights in their office. So I don't have my overhead light on. So it's super dark. So I'm like, I need a new lamp. So I go to Amazon. I click prime next day, 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. Because I wanted it that soon. And it's just one of these like LED bar lamps. They're all over Amazon. Like they're a bunch of dupes from China. Like everyone sells the same thing. Got here. I'm like, this thing is pretty cool. Like in the morning, like this is, I mean, you can't see. It really lights up my, my office. I change yeah. color. But if I want like a cooler vibe, then I turn it down. So it, it fits whatever the weather is for that day. So I'm kind of the same brightness in my office because it gets sad when it's like five o'clock in the afternoon. Your cave. So I've been struggling with how to light up the cave, but like without having lights blast this way because the, yeah. the um, 
windows right here. So oh. I have to close the window a lot or else it's like making me look like a glow stick. We could get a couple of these. They're like 30 bucks. I like 30 bucks. It's better than $300. And it's like half an inch across. It's like, no. Who's next? Uh, my favorite thing is just, this is kind of cheating, but just that it's Christmas time officially. No, like I like the decorations. I like the music. I like the movies. We always watch Christmas movies in the evenings. Like the kids are excited. I'm pumped. Glad it's Christmas. Favorite Christmas movie. What would that be? Um, well, Elf. like my favorite classic one mm. is White Christmas. Oh. My favorite funny one, like Elf. You don't like Elf, right? I love Elf. I like Elf. I'd say Elf would be like a new, like new favorite. Mm -hmm. But then classic for me would be like Christmas Vacation, Clark Griswold. Like yeah, that, my husband that loves that one. Yes. We watch that one a lot. That's definitely my humor for sure. Beth, favorite Christmas movie? And then your favorite. Classic movie. of all time is Miracle on 34th Street. I feel like I knew I knew that. Maybe you said yeah, it before. It probably. Or I'm just being predictable again. And then newer, we are huge, huge fans of San the Santa Claus. Mm, it's not really new. Too. It's more classic for the us. First one, because after a while, you're like the first and the second. We okay. the no the first downhill. Yeah, the first and the second we can watch over and over and over again. Yeah. But then Jack Frost comes in on the third, and it's yeah. kind of like eh, not yeah. good. Yeah, we want uh, we want Tim the Toolman Taylor. For sure. Amen. Yeah. Yep. Oh, oh, oh. Well, you know what? That's it. You could send in your what questions. Beth? Oh, Beth. Oh, favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Favorite oh. things. Not the movie. Just a favorite thing. Yeah. No, mine's boring. <laughs> Old Bay. Um, actually, Old Bay it is always. We actually just realized on Thanksgiving that we have three canisters of Old Bay in our spice rack. That's like okay. the minimum, probably. I think you should. It's pretty have. sad. Um. No, my 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 favorite is to be determined because my newest book that I have on my tee up to read is Radical Inclusion. It's another mm -hmm. book recommended by my husband. I love The Starfish and the Spider. You guys have heard me talk about that before. Well, um, General Dempsey wrote Radical Inclusion alongside Ori, who was one of the authors to um, The Starfish and the Spider. So I'm excited to read that one. And my husband said it was pretty good. So we'll, we'll let you know. Stay tuned. And um, I'd say your husband's a pretty smart dude. Annoyingly he's, um, smart. He's I definitely you, effective. We love you too because you're a great husband. And you make Beth smart. Shout or out. you make Beth, you probably make him smarter. Let's, no, let's he makes him smarter. You, you, you raise him up. Oh, man. Well, that is it for this week. Let me find what I'm actually supposed to say here. Actually, you know, it's probably recorded, but guess what? I'm still looking for it. I have way too many tabs open. Where'd it go? I don't even know, guys. I might have closed it down. Don't know. I lost it. Does someone else want to read it? Sure. It has, there's a pre recording. Okay, there we go. It's pre-recorded. Or you just leave this in and you hear me. I lost my tab. Who knows? <laughs> I was click. I was looking at Felicity and all these great designs from Taylor Morrison. So, well, that's it for this week. We'll see y'all. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Market Proof Marketing. Can't wait for the next one? Or looking to connect with other new home marketers? Become a member of our private community, DYC All Access, which is 100% free and always will be. Get exclusive content not shared anywhere else, access to private events, and the ability to join a marketing impact group with other marketers like you around the country. Visit our link in the show notes or members.doyouconvert.com to join. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peak, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. Now get to work and make sure your company is market proof.